The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Beck Dental Care, Columbia Academy, Jones and Ling Sporting Goods, Andy Wilhoit with United Country Realty, the Law Office of David A. Bates, and Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Their trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact them today at 931-381-2663 or visit mtbj.net. Tennessee Sports Today with TSWA Hall of Famer Maurice Patton. Here's Chris Yao. Good morning and welcome into another edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. It is a beautiful Tuesday as we are winding, well, gearing up the district schedule and winding down in other sports. Um, really a lot to talk about today uh, as far as high school sports goes. Uh, obviously, the Preds played, and uh, they lost last night. The NFL playoffs happened. Uh, is there anything else that we need to talk about today? Mm-hmm. Maybe? No. Mm. Mm. Nothing big happened yesterday, mm-hmm. right? Not that I can think of. Uh, yeah, well, we might come up with something else. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man, yeah. Let's, let's take a quick look at Twitter and see what we can find. <laughs> it wouldn't take long to find out that Jeremy Pruitt was fired yesterday, would it? I don't believe so. We go, we went off the air at 11 o'clock yesterday, and um, it didn't take long. At 11 o'clock and 30 seconds. At 11 o'clock and 30 seconds, the, the tweet goes out that Jeremy Pruitt had been uh, relieved of his duties at Tennessee. So at that time, we decided that we would just do a – podcast exclusive segment and post it to the website at sm-tnsports.com and then uh, obviously we added it to the podcast yesterday at the end of the podcast <laughs> and uh that was that was interesting because i get to, i got to do the old billy mays but wait there's more it was suggested that we preempt regularly scheduled programming to break in with that news but obviously that was not an option i i I lobbied for that i'm just saying (laughs) it would have been more interesting but yeah so obviously yesterday was a big day in the state of tennessee as far as sports news is concerned it was also a big day for franklin county alumnus philip fulmer yeah as he announced his retirement from the athletics director position at the University of Tennessee. So, you know, I I appreciate the fact that he came in in a very weird time and did what he could to to provide a solid foundation for the university. And I, despite what is currently happening, I still think there's a solid foundation, especially among all the other sports. Take yeah. football out of it. Everything else, even women's basketball, is on the upswing, and you know, and that's a huge. Baseball is in a really good place right baseball's now. Baseball's in a good place. Men's basketball, which I don't, I, I guess he didn't 
lay that foundation. He didn't hire Rick Barnes, but didn't fire. Him. He didn't fire him <laughs> when he could have. So, yeah, so, so yeah. I mean, um, I don't think Coach Fulmer's dedication to the University of Tennessee can ever be questioned. And I mean, we're going to get more into that whole situation here later in the show. But um, as we have. John Bryce from footballscoop.com to join us. Exactly. That will happen at 10.05 at the top of the hour. So we've got that. Of course, we have Joe Williams. He's brought to you uh, by the Williamson Herald, and he will join us in the next segment to talk, to talk Williamson County sports. Uh, we have, like I said, bowling starts today in the state. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Tomorrow is Wednesday. Yeah, tomorrow is Wednesday. And – we didn't get a lot into the NFL yesterday, so we will probably get more into it today. But, of course, it's also Top 5 Tuesday. And if you're wondering what the Top 5 is, well, we'll tell you. <laughs> it's the Top 5 phone calls we would make if we were the new athletics director, whomever that may be. I've got questions with regards to when those phone calls are going to be made. You know, is Kevin Steele, are they setting this up for him to be – the interim coach through the 2021 season or i think he is the interim coach until an ad is hired whenever that may be there are a lot of questions and it's an interesting situation obviously and well kevin still was clearly hired for a reason so yeah Hmm. anyway in the middle of a hiring freeze we hired Hmm. you had to think that if you're jeremy pro you had to think that's weird right yeah and it's even weirder that you put him on a plane with you to go out to california to talk to one of your top defensive players to make sure that he's cool with everything oh man interesting to say the least yes but when isn't it (laughs) at ut when that's the problem i saw someone tweet yesterday that you know fall is the intermission this is the main event (laughs) Fall football is just the intermission. This is the main event for Tennessee fans. Mm, we mm, we live mm. for the coaching searches. Mm. And it, it's so upset. I mean, we've mm. had four coaches. And, and Alabama's had six national championships. I, I think that's kind of like when you're a restaurant manager and you start figuring up your pay per hour. Yeah, don't some, do that. Some don't don't just just don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> and and by the you know just don't don't think about what Alabama has done while Tennessee has wandered around in the wilderness because contrary to popular belief, there was a time when when Alabama was wandering this. in the wilderness. Yes. So you know, just don't think about it. You're going to be better off. So. Yeah, let's again, we'll get into that later. <clears throat> let's talk quickly about yesterday the Associated Press top 10 basketball polls came out and kind of important especially uh ahead of tonight's ball games because there's there are a couple of massive massive ball games tonight and they're both in the same place and they're in the same gym. <laughs> Yeah, I was thinking about that this morning as I was getting getting myself together to come this way. How often do you get to see two top ten matchups in the same place? Very rare. And, and in actuality, to be fair, one of those top ten matchups is a top three 
yeah. matchup. Um, following the Associated Press Top 10 polls that came out yesterday, in um, Boys Class A, and I know that this grinds your gears, Chris, in Class A, Loretto, which was ranked number one last week, falls to number three after going two and one on the week with that one loss being to triple a Brentwood um triple a Brentwood that's tied for eighth yeah I'm gonna keep in this week's this. cluster why look what why now why now because, uh, <laughs> look if you think that Brentwood is the eighth best men's basketball team in class 3a and they beat a class 1a team I don't care one, number one, number five, number ten, it don't matter. And you think that's enough to drop this team from the number one spot? Are you kidding me? Now, if they, and this on top of... JP. Yes? Fuse lit. <laughs> this, on, this on top of their initial rankings that had Perry County at number ten... Following a twenty-point loss to a team that wasn't even in the Class A poll, so I don't know if the world stops at the Murray Lawrence County line, or a lot of things stop there. <laughs> I, I certainly think that that's the case for some people who are associated in the Associated Press poll. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> At any rate, we're going to cut that fuse off. Loretta, number three in this week's poll, Summertown, which was receiving votes last week, comes in tied at number eight. So you've got the number three and the number eight boys, Class A teams, set to me tonight in Summertown. And though... Did Perry County receive votes? hmm? Did Perry County receive votes? Were they in the poll? They are number ten. Okay, so you got three. They should be. So you got three teams out of District Twelve A in the top ten. Good. They pretty impressive. Um, And even though that is the second game, to some degree, that's the undercard. It's not the main event. Yeah, it's not the main event. (laughs) They really should swap those. (laughs) The girls' game features. Number two, Summertown, up from number three. And number three, Loretto, down from number one after their 10-point loss to Brentwood in the Sonic Showcase over at Lebanon. I was a little more surprised by that loss. I definitely think it's a surprise that Summertown went up and Loretto went down just because of that. But Loretto with a 10-point loss. To number five, Brentwood in AAA. Wait, Brentwood's ranked number five? Yes. Where's Spring Hill? The team that beat Brentwood. Yeah, they, I bet they didn't receive any votes, did they? I bet you're right. Anyway, yeah. I, I just, anyway, maybe the world stops at the Williamson County, Murray County line. Maybe that's the problem. Anyway. <laughs> I, these are AP votes, is that right? They are. These are AP votes. Yes. They are. Um, voted on by AP writers member 
media outlets. Yeah, I don't know many AP media member outlets south of Columbia. Really south of Spring Hill, other than, you know. Well, in in an all technical senses, I'm not sure that there is one in Columbia, but... (laughs) So who am I? Yeah. What do I know? Take that for what it what is. What it's worth. What it's worth. So anyway, anyway. So there you go. That's the uh, that that's the, the class A poll. In in it, it in any rate, you've got number three and number eight boys. You've got number two and number three girls at Summertown. Girls tip is at six o'clock tonight, and it should be a lot of fun. And I'm interested to see both the games and what the attendance looks like. Yeah, this is at Summertown. It is at Summertown because you know we had Katie Embry on a couple of weeks Mm -hmm. ago when they were talking about moving that to um, to Lawrence Lawrence County, and apparently that did not take place. So, do you have your spot picked out? I know where I would like to be. Mm -hmm. Now, whether or not I'll actually be able to be there is is any guess. I'm going to try to get there before five thirty. We might could work something out for you. Let let my Schaefer's settle down. Let me make a call for you, Mo. We'll get you set up. Well, we'll see what happens. We'll uh, we'll rope off for the uh, Hall of Famer. Oh, we don't need anything yeah. roped off. A, l- just... a little blue carpet action as you walk up oh, into goodness into Summertown. Let's let's not let's <laughs> not. The less attention I can draw, the better off I am. So so yeah. Something to be said for flying under the radar, isn't there? A lot to be said for flying under the radar. Yeah. So we'll see how it goes. I'll be fine. I'll I'll, I'll figure something out. <laughs> You, you you don't get this far without being a, a little bit adaptable. So we do need to mention number uh number four. Number four in single A? Yeah. The Richland Raiders? The Richland Raiders. Eleven and 0 undefeated Richland Raiders. Man, I'll tell you what, I saw them against Eagle um first couple of weeks of the season and you know, I, I said to Jason Loveless, man, you guys look like you're in midseason form. And and if you know Jason Loveless, there's no such thing as a compliment. <laughs> and so um, he he told me about six things that they did wrong. And understandably. We're going to play mean, a little it, better. <laughs> I didn't think our shot selection was great, I think was the quote. So, um, Well, it was good enough to score 65 points, Coach. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, but they – I like that team. I mean, they can score from so many different spots. And they've got people that know their roles. And I think those two things can can take you a long way, particularly in Class A. And then, as you mentioned in Class 3A, um, Brentwood tied for eighth. And Franklin sitting at number five, as well they should be, 14-2 and Franklin. Very good – basketball team uh and that's the boys side and in class a i will get to see the number one team in the state in division two a in division two a tonight yeah and the daily herald is by a voter a voter yes um meanwhile cpa number one in the state columbia academy that was receiving votes last week or received at least 12 votes last week did not so, interesting there. But the Bulldogs travel to CPA tonight for a game that will be televised on My TV 30 as they open their high school hoops series for the 2021 season. And um, I've got an article on that on the website at sm-tnsports.com from last week, so be sure and check that out. 
um, Jeff Hem and Max Hers will be Mike's side for that one. And if you are not related to someone playing in that game, you'll need to watch it on that. You'll need to watch it on my TV 30. So, And the only other girls that we need to mention are, of course, Coffee County's girls, as they are ranked sixth in Class 3A, and they will host Columbia Central on Friday night. So... Should be a good. That should be a good ball game. Should be a good ball game. Um, we had a couple of games last night. We've got several games tonight. We've got wrestling tonight. Uh, so let's before we take this first break of the day, let's go ahead and give you the rundown. This is the rundown. In Monday night's action, Columbia Central's girls defeated Lincoln County sixty-one forty-two. Columbia Academy's boys went on the road and defeated Providence Christian 52-47. Tonight's games include um, in District 8 AAA play. Columbia Central travels to Shelbyville. Tullahoma goes to Coffee County. And Franklin County travels to Lawrence County. In 11 AAA, we have Independence going to Ravenwood. Spring Hill traveling over to Dixon County. Brentwood hosts Franklin, and Centennial will be at Page in Class 2A. Also in Williamson County, though, Fairview will travel to Waverly. In District 12 AA, Marshall County visits Forest in Big County matchup. Um, community travels to Nolansville. Cornersville hosts Eagleville. Fayetteville goes to Huntland, and Cascade goes to Moore County. Loretto and Summertown, as we told you, will play at Summertown tonight. Richland travels to Mount Pleasant. Cullioca will host Santa Fe's Girls. And the Grace Christian Boys will travel to Zion Christian. And again, Columbia Academy is at CPA for a doubleheader. couple of scheduled wrestling matches. Columbia Central and Tullahoma are both scheduled to be at Coffee County. Meanwhile, Marshall County, Nolansville, and Summit are scheduled to be at Spring Hill this evening. There you go. Those are your scores and tonight's schedule, and that is your Tuesday rundown on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. And when we come back, we will bring you Joe Williams of the Williamson Herald. He will be on to talk about probably Brentwood volleyball, Franklin football, maybe some Franklin basketball, and... Uh, Anything else that we can throw at him because he's usually good for a tangent or two. Stay tuned on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. We'll be right back. Hey, folks. While we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Are you finally ready to turn your outdated kitchen into a dream kitchen, but you don't want to deal with the hassle of a remodel? Call our friends Lynn and Kathy over at By Design Cabinetry in Spring Hill. 
They have the latest trends and timeless classic looks for your home. By Design Cabinetry is your solution to indoor and outdoor cabinets. Visit them at bydesigncabinetry.com or call Here's Mo and Chris. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yamo Patton, JP Plant with you. And in the first segment, I neglected to ask Mo how he was doing today, and my wife is very upset. She's very curious to to, to hear how you're doing, Mo. Sarah, your concern is greatly appreciated. Um, it's nice to know at least one yow cares how I'm doing. <laughs> I am fine. I am dandy. It's going to be a great day today. Looking forward like to Like a hard candy Christmas? Yeah, something like that. I'm looking forward <laughs> to seeing some great basketball and everything that comes with a trip to Summertown. Yeah, everything that comes. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. Hey, you're going to see a pretty good ball game tonight as I well. I get to see a great ball game, but I don't get to eat Schaefer's. And no, you so don't. that's a problem. No, you don't. Actually, I might. I might just head down there for lunch. Just. Because I'm angry. I'm kidding. Uh, yes, as um, as always on Tuesdays, we are joined by either Charles Pulliam or Joe Williams of the Williamson Herald. And we appreciate their time and help in bringing us all the latest in Williamson County sports news. And if you want to read or see more, you can visit the Williamson Herald on williamsonherald.com. You can subscribe by calling 615-790-6465. The Williamson Herald is the only locally owned print and digital media company in Williamson County and has been the leader in local sports coverage for the last 15 years. Charles, Joe, and the team cover all the county prep sports from Brentwood to Spring Hill and from Fairview to Nolansville. Daily News Blast and the weekly print edition on Thursday you pretty much stay on top of it over there. And they stay on top of it. Big week for them last week. Uh, yeah, as far as coaching news is concerned, it was huge, and they were literally all over it on top of it. No so doubt. we will bring in Joe Williams from the Williamson Herald this morning to talk about all of those things and more. So, Joe, how are you doing? <laughs> well, I am finer than frog hair and twice as soft i mean i don't even know uh, how soft it is but uh, if, that's okay if it's if, if it's, that's a good thing if it's what I, if it's as soft as i think it is that's probably pretty impressive yeah or yeah. As, as another friend used to tell me i am vertical and taking nourishment therefore things are good there's something to be said for that joe um as we mentioned big week for you guys you and charles last week from a breaking news standpoint starting with um, your coverage on Tuesday, I believe it was, of of the news that 
Longtime Franklin football coach Donnie Webb had stepped down after nine seasons in that position. We were fortunate enough to um, to get Donnie on with us on Wednesday on Coach's Corner. But um, you and the Williamson Herald broke that story to everyone's surprise. Uh, what was what was your immediate reaction when you heard that Donnie was going to be stepping aside? Well, Coach Webb called me Tuesday morning and says, I've, I've got something i got to tell you, and, and he broke the news, and I just went, you got to be kidding me. This can't be happening. Um, I think I was as shocked as everybody else. Uh, but I understand. I mean, you know, Coach Webb's been there for nine years as a head coach. He spent years there under uh, Craig Clayton as a defensive coordinator. Uh, spent some time at BGA. And, of course, places that he went before he was in, in Williamson County. And, you know, the kids are, kids are getting into high school. And, and trust me, I, I went through that myself, uh, the first big quote-unquote career move I made uh, in the garbage business was mainly because of where the kids were. Um, so, I mean, I get it, but I, I'm, I'm disappointed. I'm anxious to see who they're going to try to replace him with. It's always disappointing to see some, you know, to see one of the good guys. And yeah. and I don't know that you can, you know, describe Donnie Webb as anything other than one of the good guys. But like you said, you can certainly understand it if you are a parent or if you have been a parent. You know, you just feel like you're missing so much. And so the opportunity to um, to spend a little bit more time with them in their formative years, it's... <laughs> it's big stuff, so uh, certainly can't fault him for that. No, no not at all. all. And you've got to, you know, the the hard part I think is he just kind of last week. Maurice, as I think you you may, I don't know, we had talked about it, but it just really felt like the ending of a couple of eras last week. Yeah, yeah. Um, between Donnie stepping down on Tuesday and Barbara Campbell at Brentwood High School stepping down as volleyball coach after 33 years. Joe, I thought about it. She took over the volleyball uh, program at Brentwood when I was still working at the Review Appeal, which I was there until February of 90. So, you know, do the math. It's pretty amazing. Um what she was able to get accomplished over and and to do it you know with such consistency over such a long period of time i mean you just don't see that particularly at the high school level what 33 years 28 state appearances um 16 state titles 21 state finals (laughs) was it 21 or 23 because i think she had seven runner-ups no, you're right. Yeah, 28, 28 appearances, 23 state final appearances, and 16 titles. Yes. I mean, uh, the other day that, you know, Barbara Campbell is Brentwood Volleyball, and I said, no, Barbara Campbell is volleyball in Tennessee. Hmm. I don't think there's any question there that she is the class of the entire state and perhaps the region, <laughs> the entire southeastern region. Yeah. You know, and she, she's had uh, she's had great assistance. Uh, Angie and Kathy did a great job this year while she was out. Um, 
I this is another one of those. Gee, who do you, who, who do you, rep, you know, who wants to? Re, do you want to replace Barbara Campbell? <laughs> we've had would, that, we've had that conversation. You know, coming in behind that legend can be a little daunting and typically isn't very successful. So it's gonna it's gonna really take somebody special to to step into that void. I'm telling you, and she's just just such a special, you know, like Donnie, she's just a special person. Barbara is the nation's second all-time winning volleyball coach behind uh, Jody Menor of uh, Temperance Bedford, Michigan, uh, who won 2,038 games to Barbara's 1,765. But uh, (laughs) the next closest is, well, not real close to her. So <laughs> <laughs> funny how that works. I just I play throw the numbers out there. You know, the, the other thing you got to understand though, volleyball in Williamson County. I mean, think about it, the times that they didn't go to the state. Uh, the team that that out of the county that knocked them out either won the championship or played in the championship. How many times did we see uh, Brentwood Ravenwood state finals? I mean, volleyball is just strong here. You, you think about Williamson County being a, the, the leader early in the field of soccer, and we have titles to prove that. But I think sometimes volleyball gets uh, gets lost in that mix of just how strong it is in Williamson County. Visiting with Joe Williams of the Williamson Herald. Joe, um, aside from coaching changes, interesting week for for williamson county as the um the first associated press top 10 basketball polls came out last week and those are out again as of yesterday the second set franklin and brentwood's boys both ranked um in triple a brentwood's girls ranked in triple a um obviously speaking well continuing to speak well for that district 11 triple a on the hardwood yeah and i'm I'm, it's funny Chris said something about tangents, uh, and I heard you guys talking about uh, the, the Class A and Double A um, rankings when I was when I was listening in. And uh, here, here's kind of my tangent. While I have great, yes. uh, <laughs> I have great respect and and uh, belief in the integrity of the Associated Press. It, it also these polls also can be skewed when. Uh, when you have lots of votes from one organization that, no. that doesn't get to see everybody, um, and you know, skewed I, how? Yeah. No, that was that was that was kind of my concern with with some other uh, media led voting. But hey, you know when you're when you don't have the block votes to blo- to vote with, eh? We get it. Your your. I'm picking up what you're putting down, as they say. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't take long, or it shouldn't. No, no, not at all. So, but uh, yeah, no, it's, you know, basketball is 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 pretty strong. I got to be honest. I think on the whole, in District 11, Williamson County, we've got uh, a situation where we're maybe not, you know, as strong in one team as we've seen in past years. But I think the parity is much, much better, especially on the boys' side. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I've seen a Page team and a Centennial team now that uh, 
pretty impressive, in, in all honesty. If if they if they can on any given, it's one of those deals. The old saying on any given night, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Summit needs uh, a little bit of work, but I think Jim Fay knows that. Uh, but I'm telling you, come district tournament time, it is going to be a dogfight. Well, the last couple of years, Independence and Spring Hill have played in the play-in game, and Independence is, I mean, right in the mix of things right now. I was going to throw them in there. You know, you, I guess that's what I'm saying. It's just going to be a great big dogfight, and they're going to be. My my expectation is that we are going to leave some teams at home coming out of the district uh, that probably could do well at the state. I'm not saying they could win it. I'm just saying they could do well. They could compete there. There, there will with everybody playing at the higher seats throughout the district tournament. Somebody's going to lose on their home court and see their season come to an end in that opening round. Yes. Somebody that quote shouldn't lose is going to lose in in oh, the yeah. in the district quarters and and that just like you said speaks to the parity of that district i think i think um maybe the top six teams or so in particular you know any any given night like you said so it's it's going to be a dogfight and and as chris was saying on on the girl side you know brentwood is ranked fifth spring hill went to brentwood and won um back before christmas i mean you're you're starting to see it the parity isn't quite to the boys' level on the girls' side, but there's a lot of programs that have gotten better on a night-to-night basis over there. Yeah, and I think they'll continue to do that. And tonight, you know, you got Franklin going to Brentwood. Uh, Franklin beat Brentwood earlier in the year on their home floor. It'll be fun to see that contest, I think, and how it plays out. Um Guys, my biggest question, I guess I've overlooked the district at this point and started looking towards the region considering that, uh, you know, Nashville has not been playing basketball. Supposedly they're getting ready to to start some conditioning and hopefully we'll we'll be able to play some kind of schedule and be ready for the regional tournament. Um, And there are those who will tell you this, this might be an easier year since Memphis hasn't played anything and probably won't. It's... (laughs) <laughs> it's indescribable. I mean, there's just no words for what has gone on. Like you said, Nashville, Metro Nashville schools have not begun winter sports competition in either basketball or wrestling, obviously, and and it doesn't look like Memphis is going to play. They've got um, – there are two teams out of the Memphis area that are ranked 1-2 on the boys' side in AAA, Houston and Arlington, but uh, the Shelby County schools are not playing, and, and it's – you can't really second guess their decision, but it's really unfortunate. Or, or maybe you can second guess their decision. I don't know, but it, I guess I take it as a good faith decision on their part. They're doing what they feel like they need to do. It's just tough. Well, Memphis has become such a strange animal with the um, disillusion of the Memphis City Schools District and Shelby County taking everybody in and then you had, what, four or five. There were already a couple of uh, special school districts, and now you've got a couple more. And so they get to make their own decisions, so they keep playing. I, you know, 
this this whole year and and it's and you know think about it we're coming up on a year we're coming up on a full year of this craziness you know do you think you think some of these spring sport folks aren't holding their breath yeah i i feel like we've proven that outdoor sports can be okay and so i think spring sports are going to be okay especially considering that i don't think anybody wants to see them lose two seasons after losing last year so i feel like spring sports are going to be okay um but the fact that we are coming up on a year of this is really depressing when you say it well you know the other thing i'll tell you and my theory has been kind of watching look if we can wrestle safely we can do just about anything safely that's true. Because, you know, I mean, we, we made it through football, and the only thing with more contact than that is wrestling. Right. Um, which seems to did. be okay so far, which is odd. Yeah. <laughs> Knock on wood. I did. <laughs> I did. Um, yeah, there got to be certain protocols, and, yeah, you know, it's uh, it, you're, you're probably going to see more matches uh, online than you'll see in person, but... You know, I think that ought to that ought to tell us something. But we we've got to follow those protocols, and and, and don't get me off on my tangent about masks, et cetera. Uh, <laughs> but you know, we, we got to follow the protocols, and we can do things safely. It really feels like, you know, high school sports have been doing that, and we've there there have been some issues here and there. Basketball, obviously, but I, you know. Obviously, with Christmas break and Thanksgiving, there were a lot of folks going home and a lot of folks having, you know, 10 or 12 people at the house. It, it was it was bound to happen <laughs> at some point, but it is what it is. You're right. We, we just follow the protocols. Let's get through the season and uh, crown a champion no matter uh, how we have to do it to get there and uh, wherever we have to play because <laughs> we don't know where that's going to be. Yeah. You know, and, and, and we've learned lessons the hard way. Uh, some teams have. I, I think I, I told, told Mo this antidote of a, of a uh, game that I covered earlier in the year that uh, when the girls' game was over, I looked across the gym and the girls were sitting in the student section and nobody had on a mask. And I took a picture and sent it to the coach with it as a joke and said, hey, do you know these poor maskless young souls? And... <laughs> Of course, 30 seconds later, everybody's grabbing their phone, and two seconds later, they're all putting their masks on. <laughs> and, and the coach and I had a kind of a chuckle out of it. This was on a Tuesday night. And uh, the next Monday, the coach called and said, just thought I'd let you know we're not playing this week. I said, What's the matter? He says, we've got six positives. <laughs> you know, between, or, or yeah, and, and a couple more on, on contact. And I said, kind of learned that lesson hard way. He went, Yeah. <laughs> they haven't they haven't had to reschedule a game because of their issues since um, but we should be past having to learn that lesson now so like I said I think we can do it safely if we follow protocols there you go we will do our best to follow protocols but Joe we appreciate it uh, your time as always on Tuesdays and you are always welcome on our show we appreciate it uh, guys, I appreciate it. I enjoy being with you guys and uh, learning. Just listening to y'all uh, being on standby is, I just learned so much. 
<laughs> well, hopefully, hopefully, some of it you can use at some point. But um, we'll see how that goes. Joe, thanks a lot, man. Thank you, guys. Y'all have a great one. You too. All right, that's Joe Williams, brought to you by the Williamson Herald each Tuesday, the only locally owned print and digital media company in Williamson County. They've been the leader in local sports coverage for the last 15 years. Charles, Joe, his team, they all cover county prep sports from Brentwood to Spring Hill and Fairview to Nolansville. Daily news e-blast and weekly print edition on Thursdays. You can stay on top of local news and sports. Subscribe by calling 615-790-6465. Or just sign up on the website, williamsonherald.com. When we come back, we're going to talk some state bowling and um, a little bit perhaps about what happened last night on the hardwood with Columbia Central's girls and Columbia Academy's boys as they prepare for big district games throughout the rest of the week. This is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Stay tuned. If you've listened to this show, you know Chris and I are always down for a good meal. Recently, we learned about Patio West in Spring Hill and what a pleasure it has been. Their menu is full of seafood, burgers, and more, giving every member of your family something to enjoy. Be sure to go by Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats located at 3011 Longford Drive in Spring Hill or visit patiowest.com and tell them the guys at Southern Middle Tennessee Sports sent you. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there, and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. Middle Tennessee Sports Today, the sports talk show you've always wanted. We haven't mentioned it yet, but welcome into our friends down in Franklin County on WZYX. We appreciate you guys listening in on the Eagle Radio. Uh, I mentioned it this time in this segment because last week when we talked to Al Clark, he uh, he actually brought up the bowling. And um, so we talked to him on Thursday, and I'm sure we'll talk to him at some point again this week. As we really appreciate his uh, his insight from not only Franklin County, but his historical insight of Columbia and this area, as he is a Columbia native. So, and by the way, guys, uh, obviously things. Tuesday and Thursday, as you mentioned, uh, listeners down in Franklin County, if you want to hear this daily, let your station know about it. Yes, tell them you want to hear this daily. We uh, we are on daily nine to eleven, and. Um, so we're hoping to make that happen, but uh, never hurts to to let them know. Until that time, yeah, <laughs> you can hear it daily on their website. That's right, on the sports tab of the Eagle Radio website, or on our website. The podcast is available for you at sm-tnsports.com, so you can listen there each day at your leisure. So there's that. 
Um, but yeah, Al brought up bowling, and so we need to get into a little bit because there's some some uh, state bowling starts tomorrow over in Smyrna. <laughs> oh, is it Smyrna? I'm sorry. <laughs> it's funny that you say that because um, <laughs> at a former place of employment, we had a young first-time, full-time writer come on and get assigned to cover a football game. Was Scott? And, hmm? Was Scott? No. Oh. No, 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 no. It was further back than... Oh, okay. No, we had a um, a Missouri journalism graduate and everything that goes with that um, assigned to, to cover a football game at Smyrna. And <laughs> when I try to um, advise this young individual that it was Smyrna, the response was, yeah, whatever. So um, I was kind of hoping that they went over there and talked about how glad they were to be in Smyrna just to see what the reaction was of the Smyrna ends. Anyway. Anyway. Smyrna Bowling Center will be the site of the team and individual state championships like you said starting tomorrow and Spring Hill will be right in the middle of both of those after going to Dayton yesterday and edging Ray County 14-13 they wound up there because they um, after winning the district championship they defeated Laverne in the region semis last week and then lost to Smyrna so that put them on the road in the sectionals um, 14-13 win yesterday. Big third game from Nicolette Harper, who rolled a 201. Mm. So um, pushed them over the over the top there. I can't even bowl 200 on Wii. <laughs> <laughs> Wii is harder than it looks. Yeah. <laughs> and and my wife beats me regularly on on the Wii bowling. Yeah, yeah, I, I I can't do it. I usually win, but I never get over two hundred. Yeah. yeah, but um, they've got a couple of individual state qualifiers. Um, Spring Hill does, and um, Nick Erdman who'll be making his second straight trip, and um, Jeremy Geralds. So, um, individual bowling for Division One is tomorrow. The boys will bowl at eleven. Um, team competition. Is Thursday with the boys' quarterfinals at 11. And, again, due to pandemic attendance restrictions, only bowlers and their coaches will be allowed into the bowling center. So no, no fans, fans, no, no fans, family. no parents, no siblings. And will it be available to watch on TWSWA? I don't know that you can watch it. You can follow the live scoring on TWSWASports.com. I don't know that there will actually be video, though. So, um, Columbia Academy has a trio of guys that will be in the Division Two individual competition that takes place on Friday. Austin Kimes, a senior who is signed with Martin Methodist, and sophomores Foster Eisenberg and Connor Butt. Also, as um, as we learned from Mr. Clark last week, Paul McRae, a senior from Franklin County, will be in the boys' individual competition 
um, tomorrow as well. And let's see, did the he said they had a girl? Yeah, they've got two girls, Anna Forniker and Haley Powell. So, good luck to all those participants as they go off in pursuit of state championships. Should be fun. That will be uh, starting, like I said, tomorrow, mm-hmm. uh, and we'll keep you abreast of the most information that you can get. So, yeah, um, top of the 10 o'clock hour, we welcome in John Bryce from footballscoop.com, and we will definitely be talking about the Tennessee head football coaching position and vacancy and interim coach and all that goes with that. You're definitely going to want to stick around for that. Also, NFL playoffs, uh, Preds game played last night. They um, unfortunately Pecorine uh, was on the losing end, but played well. We'll talk about him and more. And of course, the top five Tuesday is going to be a lot of fun. Our top five phone calls we would make if we were the AD at Tennessee looking for a head football coach. So, stay tuned for that and more on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Beck Dental Care, Columbia Academy, Jones & Lang Sporting Goods, Andy Wilhoyt with United Country Realty, the Law Office of David A. Bates, and Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. Specializing in orthopedic injuries, their ortho-quick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit them online at mtbj.net. Tennessee Sports Today with TSWA Hall of Famer Maurice Patton. Here's Chris Yow. Welcome back in. Six minutes top past the top of the 10 o'clock hour. I'm Chris Yow, joined as always by Mo Patton, J.P. Plant on the controls, making the music happen and the guests sound great. Here on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Welcome you into the second hour of the show down at uh, our friends in Franklin County at WZYX. We appreciate it. We're here in the TriStar Sports Radio headquarters on West 7th Street in Columbia, Tennessee. And we uh, we have something that really just is it's got to be talked about. I mean, they, we may spend a lot more time on this than we should. Maybe if even if not today, it it will be a long-standing topic of conversation, as it was when Vanderbilt was looking for a head football coach. So the good thing is 
we're bringing in experts because we don't know anything. <laughs> Got a lot of thoughts. Don't know a whole lot. That's right. Yeah. But, um, yeah, we are um, pleased to be able to bring to the airwaves John Bryce of footballscoop.com. Mr. Bryce. Good morning, Mo. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate the chance to visit with you all. Well, we appreciate you um, coming on with us. And like we said, um, when you're when you're dealing with stuff like what happened yesterday in Knoxville, you like to try to go to the experts, and and I think that you would certainly be considered one of those. This was inevitable, wasn't it? It was, um, and it obviously had been building for some time, and. And frankly, it was inevitable for a number of reasons. Um, certainly in the uh, immediate picture right here and now, it was inevitable because of the NCAA mess that, that is currently being probed at the University of Tennessee. But it was also inevitable because Jeremy Pruitt did not win enough on the field and he did not win enough relationships off the field. And I think so. those factors... Um, are huge as well. I'm by no means questioning um, why Tennessee fired him yesterday. I think that Gandhi Plowman laid that out very clearly. Um, but I think that also um, Jeremy Pruitt, again, lost too many games by too wide a margin on the field and lost too much support uh, with probably a, a fairly abrasive nature in too many other areas on campus. John, what you just said is something that I've said probably for 30 years in this business. You can lose games, and to use your phrase, you cannot win in relationships, but you can't do both. Yeah, that's exactly right. And um, unfortunately for Tennessee, anyway, a lot of uh, a lot of the problems over the last decade plus have resulted when uh, head coaches have realized either too late or not at all. Um, that depending they were, on who they were. Right. Depending on who they were, um, that they were losing at the relationship game. And, and again, you, you need support when you're in that position. And that doesn't mean you need to listen to everybody telling you what he or she thinks you need to do with your team or your program, but you need support in that position and again some some coaches um have thought they can get that support by running over people and some coaches have thought they didn't need that support until um there was basically a a countdown calendar on the wall that showed that they would be out the door very soon so that's that's a problem that's and, and the great irony there mo is that uh coaches will tell you in an instant that football, at least the key to recruiting, is about relationships, <laughs> and then they forget that very fabric when they're running their own organization. Without question. And, and again, to your point, had he won, we wouldn't be here. You're right. You're, you're absolutely right. You, um, you don't have to be warm and fuzzy if you're winning a whole bunch of games, but... Um, you you better be one or the other, uh, especially when you're when you've lost 19 games in less than three full seasons, and 16 of them have been by 10 plus points, and 13 of them have been by three touchdowns or more. 
And you're a you defensive a of, and you're a defensive yeah. guy? Yeah. You need a lot of allies in that situation. Not a lot of enemies. And I'm not sure that um Jeremy Pruitt had very many allies and I know uh from speaking with people on campus that he absolutely had some uh enemies within the walls there. Uh, we had a little technical glitch there, John. Sorry about that. Um, when you when you talk about enemies within the walls, is that just a byproduct of his personality? I mean, how how does that come about, particularly as a first time head coach? I mean, how does that happen? Well, yeah, it, it's the byproduct of being a first time head coach. I think it's also a byproduct of some of the environment um, that a particular individual may have worked under. And in this situation, we're talking about Jeremy Pruitt, but um, you look that he worked under Jimbo Fisher and you look that he worked under Nick Saban. Those two guys are not going to send out a whole lot of Christmas cards, but they, they also don't have to do too many press conferences after they've lost the game. And so I I think that's the environment that, that Jeremy Pruitt, has largely learned under um you know i I believe he was at uh georgia as well with Mm -hmm. i know he was at georgia the the year runs together a little bit but Mm -hmm. but again it's all about the environment that jeremy pruitt has learned under in addition to his own personality i'm not in any way shape or form excusing uh pruitt or excuse making for him because um you're supposed to take in the environment that you're in, and then hopefully we all try to take the good from what we see and apply it to ourselves and eliminate the bad. But if, if you've only seen one way, really, and that way has worked for people, I understand why you like that. But again, the common denominator has to be the bottom line. And when your bottom line is atrocious, um, you can't go around making enemies. And I think that Jeremy Pruitt absolutely went around making some enemies. John, when you talk about those enemies, I have to assume, do you have any idea if uh, if Randy Boyd is is the biggest enemy he made? Oh, I don't know about um, specific individuals necessarily. I just know that um, even, even people that are uh, – loyal to Jeremy that have been on his staff and coached with him at Tennessee have told me point blank, you know, tact is not a strength of his. He's just sort of, um, you know, I've heard, I've heard bull in the China shop more than once. And Mm -hmm. uh, the other term I've heard is bulldozer. And I I think that's sort of been Jeremy's MO. And so I think when you do that, again, um, a lot of times you run over yeah, a lot of times you run over those people and they're able to hop back up and then you don't realize you're driving a bulldozer with a bunch of people behind you. So I think that um, all of those things are factors. I, I can't say if Randy Boyd was a huge enemy. I know that Randy Boyd is a brilliant businessman who um, has never had a, a really a, a sniff of any sort of controversy around him and believes in doing things the right way. And um, I think that once all this stuff started percolating that it became a real problem even more so for jeremy pruitt so i'm sure you've seen the news this morning via the dan patrick show that it's being reported 
that Tennessee was handing out cash in McDonald's bags. Have you heard this? Is there any truth to this at all? I I can't say if there's any truth to it or not. I've heard it. I've heard an awful lot. I've heard about uh, cash handouts and and things of that nature. But again, in, until the full investigation is out and we see, and I do think the investigation um, will turn up some digital evidence that will shed even even greater insight into this. But um, bags of cash in the SEC have been around at least as long as I've been alive. And so um, the key is um, to do it smartly if you're going to do it and to not leave uh, in the old days the paper trail and then the new days the digital trail. And um, I believe whatever uh, has been found with Tennessee has left quite a big digital trail based on people that I've talked to. John, I've never been on a football coaching staff at the collegiate level or otherwise or – been anybody's bag man but it seems like to me this all comes down to three words rechargeable gift cards fantastic <laughs> why has no one thought of that well i guess wouldn't ultimately i don't know maybe if you go buy those rechargeable gift cards in cash then you're okay um but there's still there's still some sort of paper trail i mean there's there's a reason that the but the mob still uses cash for a lot of stuff to this day, Mo. It's still mm. it's still hard to trace. It's if you're tough not, to trace uh, cash. Yeah. yeah, if you're not just brazen with it. Yep. <laughs> and apparently somebody got brazen with it. Um, what's next? I mean, obviously, the the accompanying news, John, that that Philip Fulmer will be stepping aside as AD, and that Kevin Kevin Steele is your interim guy. How long is he expected to be the interim guy? I mean, is it is he going to coach his team in twenty twenty one? That's the that's the absolutely million dollar question, uh, Mo, and then something that I've been asking uh, since even before yesterday uh, because I'd heard enough to to know. Um, you know, I think we at Football Scoop pretty immediately had that Kevin Steele was going to be named the interim coach. What I can't tell you is the complete time frame of that but it was not at all surprising to me yesterday when he was named the interim coach i know that people uh close to philip former last week had um wondered aloud well i guess if we do have to fire him it's a good thing we've got kevin Steele right here who can be interim and i think it depends on how long it takes to get an ad now to tennessee's credit i think again boyd and Dondi plowman uh showed some good resolve yesterday and some forethought that they've already retained Parker executive search. A lot of people have different opinions on search firms, and I certainly understand that, but at least Tennessee this time was proactive enough to have already retained that search firm and be in the process. So if Tennessee can nail down athletics director sooner rather than later, and I mean in the next uh, 7 to 14 days, then I think Tennessee has a good chance of trying to move forward with football coaching search that can give them an opportunity because it used to be that you had to have your search done for a football coach by now, if not before, because of the February signing period. And frankly, that's just not that important anymore because most people are signing in December. Tennessee had virtually a full class in December. Also now, with the one-time transfer rule basically being greenlit, 
you can dip into the transfer portal and get guys immediately to fill out your roster. There are schools around college football that did that in December that weren't having coaching changes. They just didn't want to sign too many kids yet because they wanted to see who was available in the transfer portal. So I think those factors give you a little bit more time than, say, what you would have even had five years ago to complete a search right now. But still, urgency is important because you need to get into off-season workouts and you need to get a plan mapped out uh, for whatever semblance of spring football we'll see because, obviously, this is the first time anybody's been dealing with this this late with an NCAA cloud hovering. And, oh, by the way, the COVID-19 pandemic. Oh, by the way. Um, visiting with John Bryce from footballscoop.com. John, does the name David Blackburn mean anything in Knoxville anymore? You know, it should, Mo. And, frankly, the fact of the matter is, and I said this at the time, um, I said it on some other media appearances, and I'll say it right now. If Tennessee had made the smart move of hiring David Blackburn, <clears throat> three-plus years ago, almost four years ago now, it would not be in the mess that it's in today. There's not a doubt in my mind. David Blackburn is a disciple of Doug Dickey. David Blackburn was a former UT football manager who absolutely worked himself up from the most humble beginnings possible over there to become the head AD at Chattanooga and now the number two at MTSU. Um, David Blackburn is really, really good. He's done fundraising. He's been in the mess before. He helped Tennessee navigate through um, the brief Lane Kiffin era and, and some infractions that were incurred there. And he worked at that time, 10 years ago, with Mike Glazer and that attorney firm that Tennessee has once again had to retain. So, um, again, David Blackburn is an extremely elite college administrator and had Tennessee um, made the right choice four years ago. Tennessee would not be here today facing not only the public embarrassment but I can't wait to, to find a way to tabulate the price tag on this. And it goes far beyond saving or not saving $12 million with Jeremy Pruitt's buyout and some of the other things, um, because you're talking about the potential to lose the right to go to a bowl game. So that would be lost revenues if that comes about. You're talking about the scandal uh, and the perception in the public that is going to inevitably leave a physical imprint on your football team because it's going to be down in its fortunes even more. So there are so many layers to this that could have been avoided with a better hire the first time around. There you go. I don't know that there's any more information than than you can get from that right there because you're exactly right. Tennessee has, it seems like at every fork in the road, they've taken the wrong <laughs> And or that's on the fork. Oh yeah, or they just said, you know what? Let's just go right through let's the go middle. straight. Yeah, <laughs> let's just keep going straight. Yeah, it's just it, it's been crazy and 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 unfortunate for Tennessee fans um, such as myself and a lot of people in this state are, are frustrated and upset and I and rightfully so. Um, and I, I say that as someone who is a Jeremy Pruitt fan or was a Jeremy Pruitt fan from way back when you know before he was even in alabama so it's uh it is an unfortunate situation the tennessee volunteers are once again in a coaching search and this seems to be the the uh the norm unfortunately so john thanks so much for your insight and your brilliance this morning on southern middle tennessee sports day we appreciate your time 
Well, I appreciate uh, you listening to my mom and using the term brilliant to describe me. So I hope you guys have a great week. I appreciate it. Thanks, John. That was John Bryce of footballscoop.com. And dropping, I guess, a Jeremy Pruitt-like tact. Not very much on that last uh, statement. (laughs) And you know what? He's not wrong. So... There you go. Um, we will continue talking about this throughout the week I'm, and probably the rest of the spring until there's a until there's a football coach. Until there's an athletics director. Po- yeah, coach. possibly after. But who will that football coach be? We'll tell you who our top five choices would be later this hour in the final segment. When we come back, we'll talk NFL playoffs, preds, and maybe more, depending on what we can fit in there. This is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Stay tuned. Hey, folks. While we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Are you finally ready to turn your outdated kitchen into a dream kitchen, but you don't want to deal with the hassle of a remodel? Call our friends Lynn and Kathy over at By Design Cabinetry in Spring Hill. They have the latest trends and timeless classic looks for your home. By Design Cabinetry is your solution to indoor and outdoor cabinets. Visit them at bydesigncabinetry.com or call Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Maybe Jeremy Pruitt was a a big fan of the way that Donald Trump's White House welcomed in national champions with the fast food buffets. You open up the double quarter pounder and it's a couple hundred, a couple hundred in there. Yeah, Big Mac for those five star recruits. You get a Big Mac, sir. Oh. A Big Mac and a Benjamin. <laughs> and, and you just get a plain cheeseburger. That's right. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. Back in the day, <sighs> back in back in the Bear Bryant days, and this is a story third hand from my granddad to my dad, and but he would, let's just say my granddad would know. The owner of Hamburger Heaven would stand outside of Bryant Denny Stadium, which was just Denny Stadium at the time, or Legion Field in, in Birmingham, and would ask star players how many hamburgers do you need this week and it'd be three four five whatever they said and he'd hand them four or five hundred dollar bills with a handshake <laughs> you know i'm not real hungry this week a couple will be good yeah 
And that's, I mean, that's legit. That's, yeah, that's, this, is, this isn't something new. This isn't new. Dab, as, as John mentioned. Dabo Sweeney was using bags. I just don't think he was using McDonald's bags <laughs> in, in Tuscaloosa. Um, Dreamland bags? I don't know. Those are greasy. Yeah, they <laughs> you are. Can't use those. You get some wine. McDonald's <laughs> bags are good. Mm, mm, mm. Oh man! <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I think what John said that that really got. I, I guess what really hits you the hardest is the fact that you know Jeremy had had no friends in Knoxville. He didn't really have any friends when he got there. Didn't make any. After he got there. Well, and the thing the the thing about that is, you know, it's tough enough when you're coming off the staff of the University of Alabama to Tennessee. And it's sort of like coming from Lawrence County to Columbia. But anyway. Some uh, people have made the transition better than others. It, well, I mean, the key, though, is building relationships. Yes. As some people have shown and others apparently have not. You, you know. You got to know the room. Yeah. It read would the help. room, guys. Read yeah. the room. You read have. the room. And, you know, young head coach, first-time head coach, it's just amazing to me that, that you could come in there with that kind of bravado that I don't need anybody. Okay, but when the only two people the, – the, the, the two people you've worked for the longest are Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban, that's how they run their press conference. That's how they run the room because they are – they have the authority and the um, – the background but to be you, able to do that but not at 30 something years old they that's didn't what, what what i'm saying is when jeremy worked for them right yeah they that's had, all he knew that's all he knew he didn't understand the process was we do things this way and if you don't like it you can yeah. get the crap out but th- that is earned and he obviously did not take that into account exactly Wh- which to- also goes into question philip fulmer's ability in making this decision, I I think Fulmer was so behind was so far behind the eight ball when he made the hire. He was just happy to have somebody. He, ha- he had to go out and get the best football coach he could find, not and, the best CEO. And and that's fine, but you know you kind of do that football coach a disservice if you're not there. Well, he made, you know kind he decided to to, to take the job. <laughs> As the AD, you want your guy to be as successful as possible. And if that means dragging him in every now and then and saying, hey, you got to, whether you want to or not, whether it's your personality or not, you got to make nice with some of these folks. I'll agree with you. I I don't think that Philip Fulmer did enough ear jerking. And maybe he wanted the autonomy. Maybe he didn't want to, to to step in, but and feel like he was looking over Jeremy's shoulder. But, but he should have been looking over Jeremy's sh- shoulder. Should have been absolutely. And and I understand both sides of that. I understand not wanting to, as a guy. I, I can absolutely understand not wanting to. I mean, if as you've ever if, if you've ever been in a managerial position, you want to put people in positions and let them do what they feel like they need to do. Those people don't always do that. And he didn't know how to do it, which is what Aaron Murray said two years ago. And <laughs> three, three, three years ago. Three years ago, Aaron Murray said, I don't think that Jeremy Pruitt's a guy who can be a CEO. 
and that's understandable. Again, that's that's what I'm saying is Pruitt had, Pruitt was a hire. He was a he is a great football coach. Guy is one of the best football coaches in the southeastern United States, but he's not a CEO. I, uh, I don't know if you can go that far yet. I, I mean, you yeah, have to he, take into account his head coaching abilities. I, you know, yes, he's a good coach, obviously, because he was you know with with Saban in Alabama and did well. Um, yeah, he won a national championship well, at two different schools. He's done well yeah. everywhere he's, he's been. Yeah, as, as a, an assistant. Mm-hmm. That's what I just said. Yeah, well, as a football coach. Yeah. As an assistant football coach. But walking into yeah. a room and coaching kids is a lot different than walking into a room and being the CEO. Exactly. Well, you're not just coaching the kids at that point. You're coaching the coaches. Exactly. You're coaching the recruiting staff. You're coaching yeah. everybody else more so than you are the kids. Exactly. Especially at that level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're doing it right, your assistants are the ones actually doing the coaches. You provide the material for your assistants to teach the students. When they say there are some people who are not cut out to be head coaches, it's this just This is the what truth. they mean. This is exactly what they mean. Which, again, goes back to Fulmer. As a former head coach, a head coach, you know, again, I do think he was behind the eight ball and was scrambling, and they've been in scramble mode forever. But it it just goes to beg the question, you know, that he obviously was also not in the right place as an athletic director. No, I, you know, I, I think he was, I mean, he was thrust into the position and he was like, hey. Um, I think he thrust himself a little bit into that position. I don't disagree with that. I don't. I don't disagree, but I also don't think it was just him. No, there there was a lot at play. I think. I, I think. The, I, I think the former athletics director was gone either way, and Fulmer said, "You got to have somebody today, and I'm willing to do it." It's convenient for him. Awfully yeah. convenient. That that's my point. Sure. He 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 used his credibility. Is what Dondi Plowman said yesterday, squeaky clean reputation. She said that yesterday. There's a lot of people in Alabama uh-huh. that would beg yeah. to differ with he, that. He used that. Now, credit to him. Use it to your advantage, I guess, if you will. But he used all of that to get into that position of power. And now he's walking away as if he had no power, as if he had nothing to do with it. Um, and that's the – I don't know if, if – you know, if anybody heard my thoughts yesterday on on TSL, um, it, uh, it it's that that you know he ha- he has plenty of uh, a blame to go with how this went. I, I can't disagree. Um, I, I think he should have stepped in more often and, and helped God, Jeremy. Yeah. So. Well, again, I mean, I, when you're dealing with a young coach, I think. Got to learn for, somewhere. I think for a former head coach who is now AD to not do that, I think you did him a disservice. One hundred percent. You you kind of put him in that sink or swim. He, he did. Situation. He he put him in that position. He did not support him, and now he's <laughs> blaming him and saying, "I'm so disappointed in you, Jeremy Pruitt, and how you did this to me and to this university." It's it's so hypocritical of Fulmer, in my opinion. Boom. Pratt's lost last night. Let's move on. Yeah, because we have. I mean, we're going to talk about this for 
a long time. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> in the next segment, mm-hmm. yeah, probably not that particularly. But yeah. you know, the Preds coming off a sweep of the Columbus Blue Jackets at home last night against the Carolina Hurricanes, a very good hockey team, mm-hmm. by the way. Uh, Pecorine gets the start, leads the team out of the tunnel, and really played well. Uh, the goal in the first period was unfortunate. For some reason, Pekka has bad luck. I was going to say, a goal <laughs> against Pekka, unfortunate. Isn't that a, um, a standard, traditional type of way to describe goals against Pekka? Unfortunate? Well, well, the thing about it is... The way we've seen him stand yeah. on his head over the course of his career, and then some of the goals that he does give up, it's like it's it's like a guy that I watched play football when I was in high school that could make every acrobatic catch known to man. And when you hit him between the numbers, the routine, it's a fifty-fifty deal. Well, this wasn't that. This was the weird bounce. It's always a weird bounce. It's never. I don't ever see Pekka give up a five-hole goal. I mean, it's and he does stand on his head sometimes, but when the biggest issue the Preds have had over the last couple of years is in is in front of the net defense. Mm-hmm. They just don't play it because their defensemen are offensive defensemen, mm. and that's that that's that's by design, but it also hurts you on defense and if you're not a team who can control the puck very often like the preds it's not beneficial to have offensive defensemen isn't part of having offensive defensemen is controlling the puck to control the puck and yet we don't do it yeah so they're not doing what they were designed to what what they were brought in to do designed to do yes because we don't have anybody who can handle the puck outside of philip forsberg so once once the that, that Jofa line is gone, it's over. We have nobody who can handle it, and we don't have any defensemen who can play defense well enough in front of the net, and it's it costs us goals quite often. Now, that being said, final was 4-1. Um, the last goal, or I'm sorry, 4-2, and the last goal was an empty netter. Um, Pekka gave up 20. Uh, gave up three on 23 shots. But it felt like they were shooting at him all night. And the Preds got zero luck. Went off the inside of the iron twice. Shots off the inside of the iron twice. Once in the third period. So that would have tied the game. Off the pipes, huh? Off, I mean, just it, it felt like everything that could go wrong last night did for the Preds, so... So much for going fifty six and zero. Huh? So much for fifty five and one. It is. There we go. Have <laughs> to be okay. satisfied with that. Is is there any um, bigger picture uh, mentality from either the organization or fans with Peckig his first start, first loss? Hmm. I don't think so. I, I think if you anybody who watched the game will tell you that game was not lost because of Pecorine. Um, and 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 that happens a lot. I mean, it just it is what it is. Again, those the weird bounces off of a defenseman's skate or off their arm, and then boom goes in the net. That you know deflections and whatnots. It's just 
a lot that happens a lot with these with, with these preds because of the way they're built defensively. So, and as good as Brad Richardson has been offensively, he's been not good defensively, and I'm not sure that his offensive production is worth the defensive liability that he's been. So when do they play again? I think they play tomorrow again at home against the Hurricanes. I'll be interested to see who's in net. It'll be it'll it'll be Yusi. It'll be Soros. Um because they don't play again until next Friday ish. Um I th- I'm not sure when they travel to Dallas. Yeah, next Friday against Dallas. So you'll definitely see UC um uh, in net tomorrow or today actually so yes yeah, definitely going to be uc because mm, yeah. it's back-to-back back days. To back. Yeah, um and then you'll see him again on friday against the stars and maybe um maybe see um him again on sunday against the stars the next sunday the 24th but um maybe not it just depends um got back-to-back games the week after against the Blackhawks at home. So you'll definitely see you'll you'll see Pekka again several times this year. Um hopefully we can give him some help on the defensive end. Doesn't look like we're gonna get to the NFL. <laughs> we went off on a Joe Williams top tangent. On UT. On UT, so it is what it is. Um the playoffs aren't going anywhere. The Packers and the Bucks, Bills and the Chiefs playing for a trip to the Super Bowl or the big game. Depends on, I guess, I don't know how. I guess it's okay to say we, on the radio. We can call the Super Bowl. It's in any advertising. marketing yeah. advertising that you're not allowed to use that term. Yeah. Without? Without express written consent from the, the National, National Football, Football, Football League. League. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Without the express written consent of the National Football League. Oh man! So yeah, there that championship games this weekend, AFC NFC, going to be a lot of fun. We'll talk about it throughout the week. I'm uh, I'm really excited because I'm I, I'm really curious to see um, how Patrick Mahomes has recovered and how well will uh, will Tom Brady play in 19 degree weather in Green Bay. We shall see. He's motivated. I mean, chance to get that, back to his home stadium to play in a Super Bowl. And that's a scary thing. Tom Brady motivated. <laughs> if you're a fan, though, Tom Brady cold is a scary thing as well. So <laughs> There's that. <That's> true. <laughs> uh, he, he hasn't played well in the cold in a while, but he has played in it, and he understands it. He gets it. So we'll see. I mean, I, I, like I said, I'm curious. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm saying. So we will certainly um, – be watching that i guess that's a um it's a sunday doubleheader right correct all right cool so no saturday football oh it's a sad day it is a sad day it's okay i'll be calling basketball anyway flip to the hardwood time to flip over to saturday hardwood you know what i have just not been able to get into college basketball i tried to watch vandy tennessee uh over the weekend uh on saturday afternoon and a half was about all I could. I tried could to muster. watch Tennessee and somebody about three weeks or so ago, and the camera angles. I don't know if there's are they not shooting from the floor because there's. I'm, 
I don't, the camera angles were just bothersome. You know, the un, under the basket uh, angles, I think you're correct. Normally there are um, camera operators, uh, you know, right up against the stanchions. And, uh, yeah, I don't think they're there right now. So you, you lose that under the basket uh, close look. The close, to it. Mm-hmm. yeah. It was, you know, it was it was too far off for my... And and a lot of the announcers, <laughs> a lot of the announcers are calling from home. Yeah, on monitors. Uh, I watched a little uh, NBA on TNT last night. Marv Albert, uh, Chris Weber. Uh, now Marv's Marv's an old dude, um, and but there were so many times they stepped on each other mm. uh, from that perspective. So Hard it's bad. it's it's not easy, but it, it is different. You you are correct. Yeah. Alabama plays Mississippi State. Saturday night at five o'clock. Um, plenty of action if you can get into a gym in Nashville. <laughs> Tennessee State hosts Eastern Illinois at four o'clock. Belmont has SIU Edwardsville at four o'clock, and then up in Clarksville at four o'clock. Jacksonville State will head to uh, Austin P. And then in the Southeastern Conference, you'll have uh, you'll have Kentucky, LSU, Alabama, Mississippi State at five o'clock, and. Tennessee, Missouri at Tennessee, number six, Tennessee, number 19, Missouri on SEC Network at 730 on Saturday night. So They're playing again already? Got to do what you got to do. And Lipscomb is at home, FGCU. Gulf Coast, Dunk City. Dunk City. <laughs> Florida Gulf Coast visits. So, yeah, I mean, hey. If you're in Nashville and you want to go watch some basketball, you can get a double header in. Go to Belmont, then the Lipscomb. <laughs> if you can get in. Yeah, well, Lenny Acuff said that they are letting in about a thousand. Yeah, Lip- Lipscomb is letting folks in. So I'm not sure what Belmont's doing. We need to check in with Casey Alexander. Let's do that. All right. When we come back, we're going to tell you our top five Tennessee football coaching phone calls. Phone calls. This is not – we'll, we'll explain it on the other side of the break. This is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Stay tuned. If you've listened to this show, you know Chris and I are always down for a good meal. Recently, we learned about Patio West in Spring Hill and what a pleasure it has been. Their menu is full of seafood, burgers, and more, giving every member of your family something to enjoy. Be sure to go by Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats located at 3011 Longford Drive in Spring Hill or visit patiowest.com and tell them the guys at Southern Middle Tennessee Sports sent you. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. Back to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, the sports talk show you've always wanted. That's it, Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint, as we bring you today's Top 5 on Top 5 Tuesday, brought to you 
by Mid-South 5 Fitness. It's the Mid-South Top 5. <laughs> High five. The Mid-South five. 5 Top 5. Yeah, there we go. The fives are important. Contact Thallus Steel at steelathletes.com or you can give them a call, 931-215-5633. Find them on Facebook, Mid-South 5 Fitness. It's definitely where you want to go to reach your New Year's resolutions. There we go. Whatever level of fitness you're trying to reach, Thallus Steel, Mid-South 5 Fitness can get you there. Right, steelathletes.com. All That's right. Steel with no E. Steel athletes. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Um, today's top five are the f- top five phone calls we would make if we were the athletics director at Tennessee. Now, this is not, th- this doesn't have to be an actual candidate. This, th- this is pie in the sky. Make them tell you no candidates, all right? Necessarily. Necessarily, because some of them, some of them will be, mm-hmm. you know, legitimate candidates. And I'm, I'm curious to see what the Vanderbilt fan has to say. I'm not sure if it's going to be, uh, if it's going to be real or not. <laughs> well, let's throw to him first. Uh, what kind of order are we going in here? Five to, five one? to one. Five to one from as you, always. Yeah. 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 Um. All right. Five. So. The one, our last one will be the first call that we want to make. Right? Exactly. Okay, we'll go with Lane Kiffin. That's a good call. You call him. Yeah, call him. I agree. Yeah. What was he said? His kid's name is Knox. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. Mo. Yeah. My number five is is an actual candidate, uh, or should be, Will Healy. Will Healy was my number six. <laughs> Jamie Chadwell would be my number five over at Coastal Carolina. Mm-hmm. We're familiar. Well, in case you're not. <laughs> in case you're not familiar. Will Healy at Charlotte. Correct. Formerly at Austin P. Chattanooga native. JP. All right. Uh, my number four is Jamie Chadwell. Chadwell. Smart. Yep. So, so you're, 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 you're not, 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 not calling Lane Kiffin before you call Jamie Chadwell? Dang. Okay. Well, well probably realistically, Chadwell's more likely to come than, than Lane Kiffin, yeah, given everything. So I guess. Four? Um, my number four is a former UT assistant, actually, and I don't think this is a phone call that will be made, but I think it should be made. Lovey Smith. I agree with you. I agree Lovey Smith should get a phone call. He's not my top five, but he should get a phone call. Yeah. I got Bill O'Brien at number four. What he did at Penn State was pretty impressive, considering that they were in the same situation Tennessee's about to be in. I just don't know how he plays in the Southeast. I don't either, but we should find out. JP? Number three, uh, yeah, Will Healy. Will Healy. Um, some, uh, yeah, some familiar names here. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Would Tennessee hire somebody that Vanderbilt, quote, passed on? <laughs> Do we know they passed on? Well, we, they we interviewed don't. him. So, and they didn't choose him. So, I guess technically they wasn't passed the, on him. Wasn't the right fit. I think that Clark Lee was number one on their list. Oh, yeah. So, anyway. For Vanderbilt. 
As I just said, that I don't know how Bill O'Brien would play in the Southeast. My number three is P.J. Fleck from Minnesota. <laughs> don't know how he would play I, either, but I, pretty good coach. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it might just be a deal where he plays anywhere. But I, I do think, you know, having been where he's been, you kind of have to have a broader recruiting base. Yeah. And I think that would play well in his favor. All right. So here is my number three. This is the name I wouldn't tell you yesterday. <laughs> I saved this one to get the 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 the, uh, the authentic reaction from Maurice. Herm Edwards. <laughs> Call the man. What he's done at Arizona, at Arizona State? State is <laughs> wrong. And I think he would be a very like, but we don't need him long. <laughs> I don't know. Fulmer wants somebody there for 10 years. Give he me did five. say that. Give me five years. Of course, Fulmer's not going to be the one that makes that decision. So Exactly. <laughs> and and that's why, you know. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> and I think, I, I think ideally for all of the uproar that you've had there, this next guy is there for eight, ten years. That would be great, but I'll take him for five. There you go. Number two. I got to steal you, yours you mentioned yesterday, Bob Stoops. I'm curious who number one is. My number two is probably the guy that should have been hired the last time that they just couldn't make it work. Jeff Brom. It, it, that was everybody wanted that. Everybody thought it was a great hire. It would have been a great hire. So yes, I agree. Jeff Brom would be. I, I would. I would call him again and make him take a no. Uh, again, al- al- although <laughs> he's going to. You think? Um, I do. I do. Uh, you don't come to if you're not going to come to Tennessee before. You're definitely not coming now with level ones hanging over your head. So, but if it's not such a well, dumpster fire, but stressful, it it's is. not a stressful situation. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. My number two is Mark Richt. Call Mark Richt. Make him tell you no. He's he's fantastic. And the perfect guy for this situation while you're looking at where you're staring down NCAA investigations. So, all right, JP, who's your number one? All right. Um, A lot of coaches have come through my mind on this, and some have come up in the last couple of minutes. So, I feel a need to put these two together as one and one A. Okay. Just because I don't want to leave Mark Richt out. I think he's one. Billy Napier has been uh, my number one choice all along. Wow. Hmm. Louisiana. Uh, it's tough to argue. Chris, you and I talked way too much about this, yeah. sub- this subject, this segment, and it kind of poisoned me a little bit because my number one is Mark Richt. Um, I-, I just feel like if you've got NCAA issues, he's the guy. I think that's the guy. He's not coming from another job, so he's available. You know, you don't have to bid against anybody or anything like that. Um, his track record speaks for itself, not just with yeah. the NCAA, but, you know, at Georgia and Miami. He develops quarterbacks, and they've got some. That's correct. He develops quarterbacks. That's huge. I've got Bob Stoops because I think he's among the top three names that you have to call uh, and force him to say no, even if he is retired. So, both those guys retired. Would they come out of retirement? I don't know, but... 
Billy Napier, Mark Richt, Bob Stoops. Uh, vote on the Twitter poll at sm underscore tnsports.com. Who would you call first and foremost? This is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. We appreciate you guys down at WZYX for listening in today. Find us on the website, sm-tnsports.com, again on the Twitter, and anywhere else you get your podcast, sm-tnsports today. We appreciate it for J.P. Plant and Maurice Patton. I'm Chris Yao. Stay cool, Columbia. Cool,